This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, May K. Beeler, an inspirational aviator, author, and talented television reporter. We'll be discussing inspiring aviators and persevering through these difficult times. But before we begin, a few announcements. First of all, if you have any questions, comments, maybe you have an inspirational story, please write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. We also published this Aerospace Scholarships Guide, and we're up to over $120 million in scholarships. You might be able to get one for free through our Pay It Forward program. Free means one-year access, and we update it every month. The regular price is $10 for only one-year access. So check that out, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash payitforward. Also, we also have that new YouTube channel that we've been updating. And what we're doing is we're taking the pilot interview course and we're taking one question each week and putting it out there. The most recent one is, when do you start your descent for a crossing restriction? So that's actually a good one using the three to one rule. Lots of fun. Anyway, on with the show. Again, like I said, we have an inspirational aviator, uh, an outstanding flight instructor, great television reporter and author, I might add, and it's May Kay Beeler. May Kay, welcome so much to the podcast. Carl, thank you for having me. And before we get started, thank you for all you do. We all need inspiration in this day and age. We need an extra helping of it, and you provide that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate those comments. I really do. And uh, and by the way, since you said that, I since I'm in my new office, I get to run into listeners now. And had ran into one yesterday. And one thing he said to me is he kind of stopped listening once he got to the point of his career that he was, you know, feeling like he was done. But I'd, I'd, I challenged him to go back and listen more, especially during these times, because of the inspirational message people like May Kay and everybody else that we have on puts forth. So it'll help you get through these times. And, and we do have different information for people moving forward in their career. So, May Kay, you know, really you have this incredible passion for aviation. And I've, I've followed you on Instagram, and it's just so wonderful to see that through your eyes and the eyes of the people that you take up flying. But how did you develop this passion for aviation? Well, I think it's a little gift that the universe gave me, something that was unanticipated. Uh, Back in the 80s, I was a television show host, a co-host for a TV show called PM Magazine. It was nationally syndicated. It was good news, adventure stories, human interest stories, stuff like that. Gamma, General Aviation Manufacturers Association, reached out to selected television personalities across the country with the opportunity to learn to fly for free to fly for free through first solo if you would document the training on your television show. I was one of these guinea pigs and I was just, wow, I was just shocked. Now at first I was scared, but I knew it was an incredible opportunity. And of course it changed my life. Now I loved it so much. It's charmed my life in so many ways that I knew I had to give back. And that's what I've been doing all these years. You truly have been giving back ever since. Um, you've been able to, you know, have a record-breaking flight, and uh, I think we talked about this offline. But uh, that's a lot. That's a really fun story, and you've been able to inspire young aviators. Tell us a little bit about the fun story about the that one record-breaking flight that we talked about. Well, I've had a lot of adventures in aviation. So actually, when I learned to fly, 
I've met wonderful people that you would maybe consider aviation royalty, including Dick Rutan and Gina Yeager. I covered their Voyager story for television. I've flown with General Chuck Yeager. He's a rough and tumble gentleman, as you know. That was quite an adventure. And also, I was able to set some world aviation records. Now, Dick and Gina were my mentors. They inspired me. So I was just so in awe of their story. And I really recommend folks out there, especially our young people who may not be familiar with Voyager, flew around the world nonstop, now hanging in the Smithsonian Institute. But read the story about Dick and Gina, about how they persevered to make this flight happen. So they inspired me and they did world records and, and they kind of encouraged me too. And you may think, well, oh my gosh, I'm not, how can I set a world record? That sounds really awesome and overwhelming and out of reach. But I was able to do it in a little airplane called the Quest Air Venture. This was an experimental airplane and it was called the fastest egg in the East. And what a journey that was. So I did quite a few records in that, but the one I was most proud of was a time to climb record to 10,000 feet in two minutes and 31 seconds. And I trained for that when I was pregnant with my son. Um, and then after he was born, about a month later, I did those records. That's incredible. That's a pretty darn quick climb, that's for sure. <laughs> well, and, and you know, it's for each airplane. So that's for a C-1B category aircraft. The Quest Air Venture had a little IO-550 engine in it, but a small airplane. So she was a rocket ship. Yeah, yeah, sure is. And uh, is. And uh, Bert Rutan, what an amazing person, that's for sure. You know, one of the things that I think is really cool about you is that uh, you've taken this passion and like we said, you've really been challenging uh, young aviators, uh, especially young female aviators. Uh, and and what's neat is that they really move forward with your message. So tell us a little bit about that, especially uh, what you've done through Diva Flight. I think that's so much fun. Oh, yeah. So the Diva Flight Experience is my signature flight program. And that empowers gals of all ages from four years old up to 80 um, to experience the magic of flight. So we put them in the pilot seat at the flight controls flying a real airplane. It's more than a discovery flight. It's a personal experience catered just for the client. Now, we all know about discovery flights and traditional introductory flights. And those are great. We all need to encourage others to do that. This takes it one step further. It's more personalized. I've taken women that are cancer survivors, grandmothers who have flown with their daughters and grandchildren, celebratory flights, anniversaries, graduation, uh, and of course, gals that would love to learn to fly. But the majority of my guest pilots are just there for the thrill of it, the empowerment of it, because they never dreamed they could fly an airplane. So this is, letting, this is opening their eyes to this wonderful adventure. And it has brought me so much joy. And the best one that I will always remember, um, a young lady by the name of Jordan was terrified of flying and getting on an airliner. And apparently she was walking in our terminal here at Piedmont Triad International Airport, trying to muster up the courage to one day be able to get on an airliner with her husband. Now, she had been diagnosed with an illness that was going to change her life significantly, and she knew that eventually her mobility, her quality of life was going to decline. And she knew at this point she wanted to get with her husband and her children and travel and experience that. Somebody in the airport who happened to know me, because I'm based at Piedmont Trot International Airport, saw she was distressed, spoke with her, Jordan expressed or disclosed her fear, 
And this woman said to her, you need to go see May Kay. She's here at the field with Diva Flight, go see her. And thank God she did. And we had a wonderful relationship. And over time, over time, I was able to build her confidence. And we got a little Skyhawk on a very smooth morning. I only take people on Diva flights in smooth air. We don't want any thermals to scare anybody. We don't want any cold fronts with a turbulent weather to scare anybody. So we go on a beautiful day. And after several flights, I couldn't get her out of the plane. She loved it. I will never forget this. And a few days later, she sent me a picture of her at O'Hare in the terminal with her arms extended in a victory pose that she had just gotten off an airliner with her husband and was able to travel successfully. And we follow each other on Instagram and she seems to be doing well. So changing lives, encouraging people, empowering ladies, it's for guys too, but I specialize in ladies of all ages. That's what the Diva Flight experience is all about, flying it forward and giving back. You truly do empower people. That's one great uh, example of how you've done that. And I love the fact that you you focus on on females, but also everybody. It's a, it's a big tent. Uh, but the one going to the females, the one good thing about you is that you are that example. I think if we could find more people that are examples that are females in aviation that have become successful like yourself, I think more people would get into it because I'm sure there's times that you've heard people maybe say that, gee, I didn't know I could fly because I was a girl or something like that. I'm hoping we're changing that. We're changing that. Of course, we're changing that. But it, it amazes me that there are still people who are shocked that women fly. And, and sometimes you just have to laugh about it. And I've had some comments. I've had a lot of comments where people couldn't believe I was a pilot or they thought I was a flight attendant. And there's nothing wrong with being a flight attendant. I'm just saying they couldn't imagine that a woman was in the cockpit. And it kind of made me mad a few times. But I thought, don't be ridiculous. They just don't know. They don't know. So let's let's let them know. Yes, women can fly. Uh, lots of times women are from a neighborhood or a community or a home where they were never exposed to it. So they don't know that, yes, the cockpit does welcome women. Small percentage are female, but we're we're increasing those numbers. And I think we're increasing those numbers by helping them through your example, but also talking a little bit about some of the challenges. You know, one of the things you mentioned is the fact that people thought you were like a flight attendant, that type of thing. And, you know, my sim partner, when I first came with the airlines, uh, she was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader at one point. So she's very attractive, you know, but between the two of you, I'd look very ugly. <laughs> you know, one of the things I think the, the perception is there's, you know, there's, there's beautiful females are out there and that they are, are to be flight attendants. And no, they can be pilots too. And, and that's what I think is great about having you and, and my sim partner as an example is everybody's a big world. And, uh, and it's actually, it's becoming smaller through aviation and people are starting to realize everybody can fly uh, no matter who you are. So, uh, so I think, I think that's terrific what you're doing, putting it forth like that. I think that's awesome. So Carl, let me tell you about the never too pretty brand. I am an ambassador for that. I'm a brand ambassador Too pretty is an organization that encourages women of all ages to go outside the box and participate in perhaps a non-traditional hobby career pastime like learning to fly. Now it was founded by a female boxer named Carrie Williams. And Carrie was told, oh, you're too pretty to be a boxer. Now, when we say too pretty, we mean too fragile, perhaps not smart enough, not qualified enough. 
we're not saying that we're gorgeous women, but oftentimes people will think, well, you're just too pretty to do that. You're just not up to snuff. You're not tough enough. You're too fragile. And so we want to know that you're not too, you're never too pretty to do anything. You can fly an airplane. You can be a boxer. You can be a race car driver. This is really cater toward women to let them know and girls it's okay to think outside of the box and pursue a career or pastime that has been traditionally a boys club we know aviation has for a long time been a boys club it still is but we're trying to get a little more estrogen in there you know i'm really excited though about it because of the fact that you are seeing a lot of younger folks uh, you know, get into aviation just from my own my own small part of the world in the aviation university association there are actually many females and in some cases we have like a high school here 50 percent are females uh, it's an aviation high school we have many female students so i think we're moving the needle and we're going to see those numbers change over time the reason i think we don't see it as much in the airlines is it takes so long to become an airline pilot so i'm very encouraged by it and i hope you are too make I am. And let me tell you, for six years, I had the joy of being the director of an aero camp. This was for youngsters age 12 to 16 here at Piedmont Triad International Airport. And they got to take in, you know, basic flight training. They went to the airport fire department. They went to FedEx. They went to the world's largest maintenance facility, HACO. They went behind the scenes of TSA. Um, they met um, bomb sniffing dogs. They learned everything about aviation. Of course, they went to the tower and ATC. Yes, it's mostly guys, but we had a handful of girls and they loved it. And they saw that there are many opportunities open to them, not only to be a pilot, but to be an air traffic controller or to work for FedEx, to be an airport firefighter. So there are lots of opportunities for ladies and we just need to let them know that they can think outside of the box. Now, does it take a lot of work? You and I know it takes a lot of work, but you don't have to be a rocket scientist to be a pilot. You don't have to be rich to be a pilot, but yeah, it takes money, right? It takes money, it takes focus. You gotta believe in yourself and it's very important to have a support system. So that's where organizations like the 99s and Women in Aviation, and there are many other that come in. We need to support our Sky Sisters and let them know there are going to be times you're going to feel challenged. You may feel like I'm not smart enough. I can't do this. It's too hard. Or you're going to need somebody to give you that extra push to let you know you can do it. Those are great organizations, by the way, that you mentioned. We'll have all those in the show notes, uh, just like some of the things you mentioned here. So if people want to link to all those, because we one of the things that really encourages people to get out there and talk to people like themselves, like you just said, getting involved in those organizations and also the organizations that are ones that are inclusive, that bring everybody in. And those are two 99s and also women in aviation that do that. Some of the biggest uh, like job fairs out there and they're in women in aviation. One other job too that I, we're seeing an uptick finally is uh, females in the maintenance world and uh, aviation maintenance technicians, et cetera. So just again, through that empowering message that you have put out there, we truly are moving that needle and moving it slowly. So we're very excited about this. I, I sure am, that's for sure. Um, well, and I really admire people who, I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. I just said, I really admire the ladies who are AMPs or out there that are mechanics because that's just that extra skill. Oh yeah, well, for sure. 
Um, so for people that don't know, we talked a little bit about uh, flying and all, but we never really talked about your actual flying background. One of the things that you do is really cool, and it's this really cool jet that you fly. Tell us a little bit about that and, uh, and also all the different ratings that you have because you're quite an accomplished pilot. Well, you know, I've been in television a long time, and I learned to fly for TV, as I mentioned. So really, Carl, it took me a long time to get all my certificates and my ratings because I was working in full-time television. I paid for my training myself after First Solo. Now, Gamma paid for it through First Solo. And then after that, I was on my own. And I have to be honest with you, the gentleman that owned the flight school, I learned to fly in Knoxville, Tennessee. After I soloed for television, I don't think he expected me to go on and eventually get all my ratings. So today I have the certificate, an airline transport pilot certificate. Um, I'm a flight instructor. I was a chief flight instructor for many years here locally. I enjoy being a chief flight instructor, but now I have the joy of flying the most advanced light jet in the world. And it is the Honda jet. And I have a big smile on my face. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice when I talk about the Honda jet. But she was developed here in Greensboro. That's where her headquarters are. And I am just so blessed and smitten to be able to fly this amazing little jet. She is sassy and sexy and beautiful. And wherever we fly her, when she is on the tarmac, she's the rock star. And people's jaws drop and they have to come up and look at her. We were in Turks and Caicos the other day. And one of the line guys said to me, oh, I haven't seen one of these. I haven't seen one of these, but I've seen them in magazines. And it's just beautiful. Now, I call it a boutique jet. This isn't a huge jet. We can take six passengers and two pilots. Um, and, but she's very fast. She flies high. We fly at flight levels 430. We fly as fast as 420 knots, Mach 0.72. She's a comfortable, quiet airplane. She has that over-the-wing engine mount. Uh, just incredible design goes into this aircraft. And, and she's smart. So she has the Garmin 3000. So she does everything. Oh my goodness, you just plug everything in the box and you just fly her and enjoy her. And I just feel, I feel blessed to fly her. And she's a time machine. So, you know, I'm used to being in a Skyhawk, right? I've been a chief flight instructor with Skyhawks and Liberty XL2s and Piper Arrows. I love the Bonanzas and the Barons, but this Honda Jet, she is in her own class, and I just love her. She's just a good fit for me. I love the words you used. It's a time machine. And there are some people that on the show or listening to the show that are considering private aviation or business aviation. And uh, I think that's a term I use often is that for the corporation, for the individual, it really is a time machine. So let's let's talk a little bit about that job. And um, I know you enjoy it, but what does it do for the company? And uh, besides, you know, it gets you from point A to point B quickly. So what this is, this is a fractional charter private air company. Okay, so it's private aviation. So let's say you want to buy a Honda jet, but you can't afford it. Okay, they're five and a half million dollars, six million dollar aircraft. You can buy a share of it. So you can buy a fractional share of the Honda jet. And then it is at your disposal for a certain number of hours and for a certain fee per month. So especially with COVID now, there are people who are a little spooked by the airlines. You know, they're concerned about you know, some people have referred to a commercial jet airliner as a Petri dish. You know, it's not very flattering, but 
some people are afraid to be with all these other people. So in private aviation, if you were to go either charter the Honda jet or perhaps you own a share of it, you can fly it with your family or your business associates, wherever you want to go on your timetable. And you're with people that you know. So that's the difference. Yes, we wear masks, the pilots, we do. And I've been tested for COVID twice, try to be very careful. We sterilize the plane, we do the best we can. But just knowing that you are flying with your business associates that you already know or your family members, it's just fewer touch points and a greater sense of security during these uncertain times. So the Honda Jet in that capacity provides a comfort level and a safety level perhaps that we haven't so much appreciated in the past, but we do today. Now, the time machine, I am in awe of this because, as I said, I'm used to a Skyhawk or a, or a Baron so, or even a Piper Malibu. What amazes me about this aircraft is you cover so much ground in such little time. So about 1,300, 1,400 nautical miles in three and a half hours. Now, after, of course, it depends on your wind and all that stuff. But after three and a half hours, I'm ready to get out. Now, we do have a lab on board. So it is comfortable. We have snacks. We have a lab. It's a, a beautiful boutique aircraft. But after three and a half hours, I'm ready to get out. So by then, you've, you've traversed half the country. Get out, get fuel, stretch your legs, or go to your business destination, go to your vacation destination. We flew folks to Charlotte Amalie in the Virgin Islands a couple weeks ago, then to Aspen. We fly anywhere they need to go, and they're comfortable. Our passengers are comfortable in the back, and the pilots up front, we're just in heaven. We're just, I'm just in awe of all the things this little Honda jet can do, how high she goes and how fast she goes. And she's beautiful. You know, how, how lucky are we? And let me tell you, I've flown a lot of older airplanes that some people would consider junkyard dogs. I loved every one of them. You know what we're talking about? Some flight training aircraft who have, that are tired. I've loved every one of them and I've appreciated them all. So now to be in a brand new jet, it's like somebody pinch me. I'm so grateful. I, I guess I don't have to ask this question, but I assume you like your job. <laughs> oh, no, no. You know what, Carl? It, let me tell you, it's gratitude. So when you get to my age, I've been around a long time. I've been around the pattern a million times. It's gratitude. And I thank God for the opportunity. I'm grateful every day for it. And we know in aviation, things can change. Jobs can go away. You may lose your medical. We don't know what's going to happen. We just are optimistic and we enjoy every day. Less than 1% of the population will ever have their hands on the flight control. So what we do is a gift and it's a treat. Enjoy it and be grateful for it. If you don't like it, go do something else. But, you know, we all love it. You know that. We, I think most people are appreciative of it and, and grateful. Sometimes I have to say we do forget that. I mean, it, yeah. it is good to remind yourself how blessed we are when we're up there. You know, it's like, oh, gee, there's another sunset and 30,000 feet, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the magnificence has not exhausted itself for me. And maybe it will, but I don't want it to. Life is too short. Let's enjoy it and be grateful for every day. Yeah, we should be grateful for every day. Well, the the aviation world has done so much for you, and it's done so much for me and many other people, but it really kind of brought you to another point in your life where uh, you into writing, and you got a really unique experience. Uh, we talked about this before in the Bahamas. Oh, my gosh. So life is an adventure. 
folks, anything is possible. If you're bored with your life and you think you're stuck in your life, that great things aren't going to happen for you. Uh-uh, anything is possible. So I was with a flight student. We were flying over the Greensboro, North Carolina area. And he said, May Kay, come over here. I want you to fly over this field. I want you to show you something. I go, okay. So we fly over this um, RC airplane field, remote controlled airplane flying field. And he says, I think your son would enjoy this. My son was 12 at the time. And uh, Robert was his name. Robert was a great RC pilot. And he says, see that field? I want you to come and bring your son. I thought, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, okay. <laughs> so I had no idea the adventure that was going to unfold from this. So I took my son there one day, and he naturally took to flying RC aircraft, uh, was a natural, has become a world um, expert at it, and has traveled the world to Dubai in competitions, just loves it. He was great. But, you know, over the months that it took him to develop this in the years, every weekend we'd be at the RC airplane field, I met a gentleman who used to fly, he's a commercial pilot, and he used to fly, not anymore. And I said, why don't you fly anymore? He said, well, you know, we had this accident in the Bahamas and it was this really strange thing. Now, this is a long story, folks. I'm going to try to shorten it for you. Turns out that in the 80s, he and his wife and another couple were part of this Bahamas treasure hunt. He took his Cherokee 6 down to the Bahamas and you'd go to different places as part of a treasure hunt, a competition. It's a fun thing. But on one of these flights, they developed engine trouble, smoke in the cockpit, and now the engine quits. He and another gentleman, uh, Dempsey, was up front with him. The wives were in the back. And there's an island. Thank God it has a runway, as fate would have it. And they could glide to it. They're able to glide to it. But at the last minute, an airplane blocks the runway. And they crash on the coral reef right on the threshold of the runway. Broken backs, broken jaws, and not a good situation. The Seneca that was blocking the runway took off, but comes back to pick them up and take them to a hospital in the Bahamas. Or excuse me, in Nassau, they're in the Bahamas. And this was Norman's Key. This is in the Exuma chain. This is the island they crash landed on. So fly them to Nassau, 44 nautical miles away. They're in a hospital. Authorities come and visit and tell them, this never happened. Don't ask about it. Don't inquire about it. We're going to put you on a private jet and send you back to Greensboro. That's it. No questions asked. Okay. They go back to Greensboro. Anyway, years and years later, they find out that Norman's Key at the time was the epicenter of the world's largest drug operation for the Medellin cartel. There was a sting operation that they were planning. The government was planning to bust, bust this. So they didn't want them talking about it. And they thought that the drug lord perhaps blocked the runway. They didn't want strangers there. So anyway, this was just an incredible story. And they told me about it, Dick, the gentleman at the flying field. And I wasn't familiar with that in the 80s. I was a young television personality. I didn't care about history or current events. So now, 20 years later, I research it. And I thought, oh, my God. Oh, my God, this is amazing. And I said, if I can get an airplane do you want to go back and we're going to look for your lost airplane? We're just going to look for it and see if we can find it. Maybe three, three, four, four whiskey. They called her whiskey, the Cherokee six. He said, yeah. So I talked to Don Godwin. He was the CEO of Atlantic Aero here at Piedmont Tried International Airport. He said, okay, gave me a detail. Go for it. 
lent me the V-tail. Obviously, it wasn't mine. I borrowed the V-tail, loaded up Dick and his wife and my son, who was young at the time, and, and he documented all this on video, and we fly down to Norman's Key. Folks, if you haven't flown to the Bahamas, you got to do it. It's gorgeous and it's beautiful. So we go down there and long story short, we find their lost airplane. You've got to watch the documentary and I'm not making really any money off this. So this isn't a promotion, but it's called Return to Norman's Key. It's on DVD. It's nothing fancy, but it's a great story and get it on Amazon. Anyway, so part of this adventure led me to researching the drug lord who was imprisoned getting in touch with his co-defendant in the longest running drug trial in U.S. history. And I was able to scoop an interview with the co-defendant, a story that had never been told before. It ended up changing his life and my life. And we landed eight awards in a best-selling book. So life is an amazing adventure. It sure is. From all of that, I mean, just having that connection to aviation brought you to that, uh, you know, but also give you credit. You went forward with the adventure and uh, were able to bring forth that that story, which is really an important story. Very, very interesting. And like you said, the Bahamas is beautiful. Big, cool part about your job, too. I mean, you get to fly to all those wonderful places. The important thing about this is when opportunity knocks, be it a job to fly a Honda jet or be a flight instructor or have an author adventure. This was a great authorship adventure for me. When opportunity knocks, have the courage to walk through the door and and step up to the plate, step up to your life. So these things just don't happen. You have to be ready for it and put in the work and don't be afraid or discouraged because I was discouraged in writing this book. I was scared. There were some um, unscrupulous people that scared me. Um, but I was able to complete it. There were some tears involved. And even with flight training, sometimes I didn't have the confidence. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can. You've got to believe in yourself and get help. Ask people for help. So whatever it is in your life, step up to the plate, go for it. Passion helps, but it doesn't prevent you from having to work hard. It just gives you that extra joy, that extra bounce in your step to accomplish it. So passion is important, but you still have to put in the work. A lot of people that look at all the different things you've done, you know, and then they look at themselves, say, there's, there's no way I've, I've had too many big challenges in my life. Well, you too. I mean, you see everything you've done, you say, wow. And everybody has been very successful. You say, well, gosh, you know, I have this, I'm, I'm to this, I'm to that. But you also had those challenges. I mean, you, you truly overcame some really, really tough challenges, haven't you? I have. And, you know, I don't really talk about it much, but I've had some health issues. I've had health issues I've dealt with over the years. Uh, none of them grounded me, but they've made my life harder. I don't talk about them. Um, look, we, we can't have pity parties. We can't feel sorry for ourselves too long. You can a little bit because we have to justify and validate our life journey. So you don't ignore your life. You don't pretend bad things aren't there. You look at them in the face, you learn from them, and then you move on. So this is something that I've learned. We, we can't walk around with a Pollyanna Disney World mentality, like, oh, nothing's wrong, everything's fine. If you have a challenge and it's tough, it's okay to face it and say, this is hard. This isn't easy, but I can do it. I'm going to go through it. So the key is how bad do you want it, whatever it is you're trying to um, succeed at. 
Is it worth it to you? How bad do you want it? If you want it bad enough, I guarantee you're going to find a way. You will. If you don't want it bad enough, you'll find an excuse. And that's okay. Right? That's okay. How bad do you want it? Work hard to make it work. Now, if you want something bad enough, and I am a prayerful person, I do pray. If your prayer isn't answered right away, it just means that it will probably be answered in time. And sometimes things take a lot of time. And if it's not answered at all, it's because something's better. And I've lived long enough to know that there's something better for you. Sometimes you're being protected. So have faith, work hard, be optimistic. We can't be in a negative place. You can be there for a short time. Like right now with COVID, you know, I, I have flown with a lot of young people and, and a lot of my flight instructors that were under me as chief are frustrated right now. Oh, what are they going to do? It can be a delay three to five years before the airline industry bounces back. We don't know. We can't control everything, but what you can control, do that. So, all right, can you, can you afford to get the next certificate or the next rating? Do that. Can you afford to go back to school and get the degree? Do that. It can be baby steps. Just keep moving, right? we got to keep that momentum going. We can't stop. Do what you can. And if you know somebody that can help encourage you, again, we talked about organizations like the 99s or somebody like you that inspires people through podcasts. This is important because you're in, not only are you, hey, everything's going to be okay. We don't know everything's going to be okay, but we can give you some tools to help you move forward. And you must have a backup plan. So I know you're going to ask me, well, what, what do you suggest for people at this stage in the game who were ready to go to the regionals or ready to go to an airliner um, and, or their jobs are gone, they're furloughed or they lose their jobs? Well, you know, we need backup plans. We should always have a backup plan, but don't lose sight of your dream or your vision. You know, I think some of the criticism that, you know, I get and sometimes you do is that we're so positive. And I think a big part of it isn't the fact that we haven't had challenges, just like you talk about with health challenges. And, and we've all had certain challenges in life. It's that we focus on the positive in life. We use the challenge as an example, but as to be successful, I think you really need to have, have to focus on the positives and learn from the negatives. That's for sure. I, I'm, I'm wondering if you agree with that statement. I do. Well, Carl, what you focus on expands. If you're going to focus on negativity, you're going to create more negativity. That doesn't mean that we're not going to be in a negative place from time to time. We are. There are times I have good days and bad days. I am mostly a positive person. I am. I'm mostly, I am. That's who I am. But I have days where I feel off balance. I don't feel right. I feel insecure. I, I'm worried. And okay. So I sit with that a little bit. I sit with it. And then I try to move on or I'll go exercise or I'll do something that makes me happy. I'll watch a television show, something that takes you out of the dark place. So it's okay to be in a dark place for a short amount of time because that's validating our journey. You're not ignoring your situation. Okay, this is tough, but all right, what can I learn from it? There's always something to learn from it. So the older I've gotten, the more I can be honest with myself and look at myself and say, oh, why am I reacting that way? Let me, let me think about what am I to learn from this situation and then move on. So right now, our nation, our world is going through a rainy season. It's not just a rainy day. It's a rainy season. But rainy seasons don't last forever. The sun's going to come out. We will get through this. Things will improve. We just have to hang in there.
I love that analogy of a rainy season. I'm going to use that, but it's not because a rainy day is easy to get over. We just have to wait till the next day. Yeah. You know, a rainy season, though, takes some perseverance. Yeah. And knowing this will pass, it has to pass. That's the law of nature. It has to pass, but we must learn what we are to learn through this experience. What you don't learn, you are destined to repeat. I know that's kind of deep, but you know, I've just learned these things. What you don't learn will repeat itself. That lesson will keep coming to you. You'll repeat it until you get it. And then you move on to other, other things. And this is kind of a global thing we're talking about. And we're constantly learning, aren't we? We're constantly learning, be it your own personal journey or as a community or a collective consciousness or the world. This is a very interesting time we're going through. And the negativity weighs very heavy on people who are sensitive like myself. Well, gosh, you know, this is awesome. Great advice, May Kay, that you've given us. Um, you know, and um, we could talk for hours about aviation and, and all these different stories. And, uh, you have so many, you've had so much experience. Any, be, before we end here, is there anything that you, else you wanted to talk about or any final words to those that are, are looking at these challenging times and wondering how they're going to get through it? Well, I, I think you have to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself or you're off balance, you're scared about this, get help. Seek out people who are positive influences. Be careful who you hang out with. Don't hang out with negative people. Don't hang out with people. Oh, you'll never get that job. Oh, the airlines, they're never going to recover. You'll never be an airline pilot. BS. It may take some time, folks, right? We're not going to lie to you. Right now, things are different. Or you may get that lucky break tomorrow. There's still people who are getting jobs, flying jobs. So don't close the door. Don't close your mind to it. Yes, you can be realistic. Have a plan B and a plan C, but know that anything is possible. Be careful who you surround yourself with, what energy you surround yourself with. And be careful about watching the news because the news depresses me, but I'm still glued to it. Isn't that horrible? I'm still glued to it, but we, we must protect our energy and our environment and try to remain positive while being realistic. You know, that's a great point. I think the fact that we we have to watch who we we associate with and the news. Another thing that I think pilots do often is those online forums and the Internet and they get this really incredible amount of negativity. And uh, you choose to go on those forums, maybe focus on the positives that are in those forums. That's right. That's exactly right. Be careful who and what you give your energy to, because that has a direct influence on what's going to happen in your life. That's a good point. I'm glad you said that. There are some negative forums that you need to stay away from. And I will tell you, years ago when I had a health challenge, there were online forums for this health condition. And I, I'm sorry to say, but there were people in there that wanted to commit suicide and were so depressed. And I had to get off of them. You know, and, and folks, you do if you do feel that way, please get help. Um, but you do need to be around people who encourage you, but people who will help you and be honest with you. Look, nobody knows what your destiny is. Nobody has the right to say, you can't do that. I wish we could sit here and talk all day about that aviation, but we're definitely going to have you on such an inspirational person. Uh, but for people that want information, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Of course, we'll forward that to May Kay. But any websites you want us to point them towards? Oh, gosh. You know, there's so many. I, I'm just going to leave that to you. We'll definitely put those in the show notes. Again, May Kay, this has been so wonderful having you here. You're a great 
uh, inspiration for others. Uh, you're a great example to others as to what you should do. And this has been some really good advice that you've put forth here and uh, something that you know I've learned and I'm sure all the listeners have learned from. So uh, we can't wait to have you on again. Carl, let me just say regarding being an inspiration, it takes one to know one. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks so much, May Kay. And if you're listening right now, one thing I want you to do is look at all the different things that are out there on the internet and choose the positive things and move forward. Just like this website, aviationcareerspodcast.com and all the other inspirational people that are on here like May Kay, link to their websites, learn something, put forth that positive energy. And, and I know you can move through forward and move through this challenging time, but most importantly, you need to take action. And when you stop listening to this right now, don't just turn it off. Do something. It could be a small step, a baby step. It could be a large leap. But make sure you do something today to move forward in your career, in your life. Well, we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying out there. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.